Welcome, friends. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 89 says, I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, and proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. Your steadfast love endures forever. Your faithfulness is as high as the heavens. Happy are those who sing your praise and extol your righteousness all day long. We serve a high, holy, glorious, merciful, gracious, good, kind, and loving God. And as we consider him just for a nanosecond, we see our own sin for what it is. And so let us confess, repent, and trust God to forgive our sin. Let us pray. <clears throat> o Lord, you have taught us to love, to love you and our neighbor. But we have not lived in right relationship or walked in the light of your love. Forgive us for the wrongs we have done. We know that the wages of sin is death. Yet we trust in your gift of forgiveness, which is freedom and life in Christ. Amen. Hear the good news from Romans 6. By the mercy of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Be at peace, for you have been freed from sin, so that you may serve with righteousness. Believe this gospel and live in its peace. Thanks be to God. And may the peace of Christ be with you, my friends. We respond to God's forgiveness by living our thanks according to God's word. Hear now God's will for our lives from Matthew 10 and the words of Jesus. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. May it be so, to the glory of God. I'm going to be reading and talking to you today from Romans chapter 6. Uh, and before we do that, let's pray. Oh, loving God, as we hear your word this day, send your spirit to equip and inspire us so that your grace-filled hospitality may be the center of our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 to 23. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. 
for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this passage that I just read to you, the word sin is mentioned ten times in these twelve verses. Sin is an important word in the New Testament and throughout all of Holy Scripture, and so we do need to understand something of it. Discerning the concept of sin in the Bible is really crucial to our understanding uh, and development as believers in Jesus. A better grasp of sin's nature and power is going to help us appreciate God's grace a whole lot better and how to live the Christian life. Sin is everywhere. And we see the evidence of living in a broken world every single day. Disaster, disease, death, these are realities that we all must deal with. The presence and power of sin is everywhere in our hearts our world, our institutions, our families. It's on television, on the internet, social media. It moves in and out of our smartphones. <clears throat> it takes one to know one. If it takes one to know one, we are all experts at being sinners. Let's talk about some definitions of sin. From the Bible's vantage point, Sin is things we do as well as things we leave undone. So that sin is both actively breaking God's commands and passively avoiding them and not doing them. Christians throughout the ages have generally understood that the Ten Commandments 
found in Exodus chapter 20, and Christ's law of love constitute a brief summary of God's holy and moral instruction for humanity. And these laws are based in the character of God as a holy and loving being. Sin, then, may be defined as anything in a person, a group of people, an institution, and a system which does not express or is contrary to the basic character of God. So, in short, sin is a pervasive force. It's a power. It's kind of like gravity in the world. It's there, and it's you may not see it all the time, but it's just there all of the time, and you need to be aware of it and to respect that it is there. Sin is contrary to God's character. All sin, whether it's active or passive, is self-centered and lacks self-awareness on our part. Sin exists wherever a person, a group, or an organization thinks more about itself than of God and God's love and justice in this world. Sinful attitudes bring consequences, such as, I'm just going to mention a few, an obsession with lust. Lust is the stance of having to possess something instead of appreciating it without ownership. Broken relationships. Wanting something without any concern for its cost leaves a trail of broken relationships with God and with others. Bondage to Satan. Obtaining the object of our lust brings slavery. It doesn't bring freedom. Spiritual death. Death is a separation from God. It's an estrangement from others. Hardening of the heart. A hard heart happens by stubbornly holding on to what we want, irrespective of what God wants or what it does um, to another person, if that's what we're holding on to. Deception. To be deceived is to believe that other people, even God, are the problem whenever things go sideways. Now, this all may sound like a total Debbie Downer. Well, actually, it's total depravity. Being depraved does not mean we are never capable of doing good. It just means that sin has profoundly touched everything in our lives, without exception, that it's there. The good news, however, is that sin is not the last word. Paradoxically, experiencing true joy and comfort comes through knowing how great our sin is. We live above sin by being set free from it by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. To be redeemed from sin, a provision is needed. In Christianity, sin has been dealt with once and for all through the person and work of Jesus. Christ is our representative, taking our place and delivering us from sin. Jesus Christ is our ultimate substitute. 
which resulted in our redemption, leading to a satisfaction of all justice, bringing reconciliation with God, and putting sin to death, making us complete in Christ. That's basic Christianity. Although sin destroys everything it touches, and it leaves terrible consequences in its wake, sin does not have the last word. The last word is always grace. There are 33 different words for sin in the original Greek language of the New Testament. <laughs> That's a lot of words. Only one of them is used in the verses from Romans that I read to you today. Uh, the Greek word is hamartia, which literally means to miss the mark or to fall short. The concept of missing the mark gets to the heart of why persons and groups and institutions and systems fall short of God's standard. We fail to see who we truly are and what God has truly done for us in Christ. And so sin deceives us into believing that our needs can be met outside of God. And so I want to share with you a few um, metaphors for sin. And there are metaphors for sin throughout Scripture. I'm just going to mention a few. Sin is like an obstacle. Sin obstructs a truly good and beautiful life. It's like a blockade that prevents us from entering the kingdom of God, or like large hurdles we have to jump to move forward. Sin is like a bear on our back, which slows us down to a crawl. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds on to us so tightly. And let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Sin is like an addiction. The word sin is an attempt to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Sin is an energy, a force, a power which we become fixated on in order to meet our needs for love and acceptance. If unchecked, the sinful method for meeting the need becomes the need itself. James chapter 1 says we are tempted by our own desires that drag us off and trap us. Our desires make us sin, and when sin is finished with us, it leaves us dead. St. Augustine said, seek what you are seeking, but don't seek it where you are seeking it. And sin is like a marketing scam. It's misleading. It's a branding which looks good, but the product is all wrong. Sin is a deception, and it leads us to deceive others in order to make ourselves look better than we really are. Matthew 6.2 says, When you give to the poor, don't blow a loud horn. That's what show-offs do in the synagogues and on the street corners, because they are always looking for praise. I can assure you that they already have their reward. 
So what about overcoming sin? Victory over sin and the dark force of this world comes through faith. Believe that you have been set free from sin. 1 John 5 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We need our ultimate faith to rest in God and not in anyone or anything else. The scripture says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. My friends, it's not easy to live above sin. And it's something that we continually need to have conversations about with one another, with God, with ourselves, so that we can get to that place of progressively and continually trusting in the Lord and actually believing that the sin issue has been taken care of once for all through the cross and that Jesus Christ truly is enough to deal with our sin and that he's already done the work. O eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all of our offenses, and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, so that with reverent and humble hearts we can draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. And let's rely on each other to live this Christian life, because it was never meant to be lived in isolation. That's one of the reasons why the New Testament knows nothing of an uh, individual believer who is not connected to the church, both locally and worldwide. And so as we go out into the world, and as we live our lives seeking to please Christ and to enjoy God forever, we do so with a blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, brothers and sisters.